live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing, healthy relationships. I am Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, hosting this hour with my good friend and fellow Ramsey personality, Dr. John Deloney. And we are answering your questions, and it's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. So starting us off this hour is Sarah in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? We are doing great. Thanks for calling. How can we help? Okay, so I um, we have a really old family car um, that probably doesn't have a whole lot of time left. And we're also trying to save up for baby step three. And I feel like we have to do both at once because our emergency fund is really small and our car is really old. Yeah. So um, my question is, number one, is that a good idea? Should I be doing them together or should I break them up into separate goals? And like, what's a reasonable timeline to accomplish both of them? Sure. Uh, Well, how much do you guys make a year? About 130. Okay. And for this car that maybe leaving you soon. Uh, how much do you yeah. think if you Kelly blue booked it, what would you, what would you get it for? Oh my goodness. I don't even think I could get a thousand dollars for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. What, so, make, what makes you think it's dying? Are you making 130 grand and you're embarrassed or what, what makes you think it's, it doesn't have much time left? Um, well, it's part of it's held together with duct tape. Um, and, the hatch won't open and the two side doors we have to like finagle and push them really hard. My kids have to like do tricks to get them to close. Um, I mean, I can go on. I mean, it still, it runs and we can get from place to place. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it's like 250,000 miles on it. Um, and so I haven't wanted to get rid of it because it still works and I don't have the money to buy a new car and I don't want to borrow money. So yeah, um, yeah. But we don't have a lot in savings. So that's kind of where I, I work. Um, I don't work outside the home. I stay at home with my kids. So it's just one income. Um, so we can only save up so fast. Sure. So how much are you guys saving yeah. a month for towards the emergency fund and the car? Uh, well, we've been putting away about $1,000 a month for the car. Okay. For about five months. And then so do you have $5,000? Yeah, we do. For, and for then the we car? Have for a new car. Okay. Yeah. And then we have um, like 1900 in our emergency fund. So that's really low. Yep. Yep. What's y'all's goal? You know, what, it, what amount for are you guys shooting for for your emergency fund? Um, well, three months for us would be about $1,400 minimum. Okay. Like all just just bills and food. We have um, five kids. Fourteen thousand so, or fourteen hundred. Oh, fourteen thousand for three months of expenses. Yeah. Okay. All right. You said fourteen hundred. I was like, man, your kids eat way less Did than I? my kids. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right, no fourteen thousand. We have five okay. kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I homeschool, so I don't bring in any money, even though I work all the time. Sure. So, yeah. 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 Okay, well, here's the deal, Sarah. I mean, your car, we, we talk about the four walls, food, shelter, utilities, transportation. Transportation is is a, to a degree, a need, right? Especially for one car, for one person to leave the home, earn money, and come back. Um, 
But there are a lot of families, you know, I'm not suggesting this, but just say it out loud. People do the one car family a lot. I mean, that that's a reality as they're in this process. There's always four or five mm-hmm. couples. Somebody's dropping somebody off here at the office because they're trying to get out of debt. Yeah, and they're, yeah, we see that. They yes. drop them off and they go back home. They drop them off and they go to their work. Right, right. Almost, I always laugh like, oh, thanks, mom. But also good for y'all, man. Yeah, good for y'all. That's so right. Yes. they're making the sacrifice. Yeah. For sure. So, but what I would say, Sarah, is yeah, I mean, at this point, I would keep sticking it out a few more months with this car. And until the, and I don't know, cars, John, you probably could talk more into this, but I'm like, until like the engine, until the thing actually breaks and it won't turn on. I know cosmetically it's super mm-hmm. frustrating with the doors and the duct tape, but I'll tell you, Sarah, when I grew up and I remember my dad had an old Lincoln car after they went bankrupt and all that, and I'm mm-hmm. him picking me up from school on certain days and the fabric of the roof of the car was 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 loose oh so when sagging stopped, down. i remember yeah, that and it would like and it would and it would stay and we would push our hands up like in the first grade to like hold it because it would just like <laughs> go on us and the air conditioning didn't work so it was all sweat yeah. like it was just gross right so all that to say cosmetically i know it's frustrating and the hatch won't open like i'm i mean i hear you i hear you sarah and if i could deliver you a new escalade right now i would like i i, I know it's not fun but it's running and that's and, and that mindset is kind of where you have to be and then when it does out and it's going to cost more to fix than what it's worth and you get into that whole debacle for me that's where i would pull out of the emergency fund and i would say i'm going to start i'm going to i'm going to earmark five thousand dollars for an emergency fund or you have almost two thousand mm-hmm. so so i would if i were you say i would say yeah. we have seven thousand dollars in our emergency fund we're going to keep saving and saving oh. and saving saying we're going to work towards this 14 and if something were to happen in the middle of that we've got it we have the cash mm-hmm. then to pull it out if we need to and to say, okay, we have to we have to buy another crappy car for this season of life, but we're going to. So it's not going to you're not going to drain your whole account. You still want money in there for mm-hmm. a small emergency fund, but you can use that cash. So I think some people, maybe this is just me personally. I know you know George Campbell may have a different opinion on this because some people love to have the. Uh, 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 uh. But when you're right now where you are with the state of your car, the emergency fund, I would just feel safer to think, okay, you know, we have six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars in savings. We're, we're going to continue uh-huh. to stay gazelle intense and keep putting cash in. And then if we reach that, okay. that 14000 and the car still hasn't died, then I'm going to go separate. And I'm going to say, okay, before I go and throw a bunch okay. of money at retirement, I'm probably going to save up another five on the side. That's actually what I would do. I, I would hold off on retirement for just a few more months. And this is where I think families, um, I know we're, we're pretty dogmatic about the baby steps, but I also think uh, a sp- husband and wife team can sit there like and agree on a sprint. And yep. say, hey, you make 130 grand, husband. I'm staying home with with 111 kids here. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to for four months deliver pizzas to in the evening or whatever? The, do Uber Eats? And I know you're exhausted, but we could sprint through this for thing for four months, right? For four months, and then we can go get ourselves a car that works. And so I like what I love Rachel's idea about let's stack this thing up. If your car happens to just die. You've got, mm-hmm. you'll have $14,000 yeah. to buy a new car with or $10,000 and you'll have $4,000 in your emergency fund. But man, okay. stopping, uh, trying to do two things at once is almost impossible. And yeah, that's what we're finding. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. not worth it. I put it all in one big savings label at the emergency fund. And if something happens, you know, because again, most of what you mm-hmm. described, most of it was cosmetic. Um, yeah, yeah, right. It was. And it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. I get it. But and let me say this too. You can, you have this moment where you, and you're probably already doing this, but you can bring your kids along on this debt-free ride. You can give them a ringside yeah. seat to a mom who is making sacrifices. And so when they get in the car, they're like, mom, the door won't open. 
you can say out loud, and we don't owe anybody any money. Figure it out. <laughs> and we can all laugh and smile. But when they're when when you're older and they're older, they'll tell the story of yep. the time mom didn't give up. And that's that's a it feels like you're sacrificing, you're not. You're teaching them lifelong lessons. You guys are doing great, Sarah. Keep it up. This is the Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Dr. John Deloney, and we're answering your questions when it comes to life, to money, everything. So 888-825-5225. It's a free call anywhere in the country. Up next, we have Carly in Fargo, North Dakota. Hey, Carly, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. How can we help? Um, so I just have a question about um, me and my husband. We are buying or hoping to buy my parents' house, and I was just wondering if we are ready to do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is, your, is your family ready for that? <laughs> I don't know. So we would be living with them, too, in the transition of everything. So you're going to buy their house, and they're going to keep living in it? Yeah, for a little bit, and then they <laughs> are building and moving. <laughs> No, no, they're not. They're going to stay with you forever. Oh, stop, John. Forever. Oh, no. Stop. Forever. No, they're not. Okay, Carly, so um, <laughs> what do you, how much is how much is the house? How much are you buying it for? $250,000. Okay. And what's your current home? When you sell it, what will you have? What will you walk away with? We are going to walk away with around ninety-one with everything. Um after we pay our current loan. Okay. Yep. Okay. So roughly 160 alone you'll take out. Um and your parents and I I mean so this was a to John's point I know he was joking but to hit on that I was being 100% serious. <laughs> buying by I me mean, buying your car from your parents or buying your house from your parents sometimes they'll give you a great deal and it often comes with strings or sometimes they Yeah, but they're not going to live in it forever and ever. Yeah. But it will yeah. be their home. No, it will be their home. That is true. So let's say, listen. Let's, the thought that you're going to buy this house for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and move into it, and your parents are still going to be in there. Thought number one. Yeah. Are they going to keep the master bedroom while they live there? Yes. Yes. Number two. Are they going to have opinions on how you decorate the kitchen and the yard? Well, we'll wait to do all of that until they're out. We'll keep it the same as what they have it right now. It um, sounds so long, good in your heart, we'll but I'm long, just telling you. How long will they be there with you, Carly? Because I know they're building. So um, when will they move? So they're they're hoping to move um, in the spring of 2024. Okay, so yep, nine so, months. So this winter we would be living with them. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> At least there's lots of. Uh, <laughs> 
Lots of warmth and joy outside in uh, Fargo in the winter. Oh, Y'all won't be cooped up in the same house together. <laughs> okay, what, why the rush, Carly? Why do you want to do that right now? Oh, that's a good question. Well, they uh, so they're building, and they would be putting their house on the market in the spring. Okay. Um, so we just thought we would try to get our house sold just to get it, you know, so we have our money um, to be able to take that amount off of the 250000 Well, sure, but why wouldn't you just do that in the spring, too? Do that in the spring? I mean, I, I, yeah. Why would you jump the gun, I guess? What's the, what's yeah, the we'll rush? Keep, yeah, what keeps you from wanting just to move in? Versus having your own house now and you guys I living guess- and just saying, yeah, by March, we're going to make this transition together, right? They move out, you move in. I guess I'm not sure. I um, I guess we could wait. Yeah, I think market. on the relate. Yeah, and I think Carly, a lot of people have fear around the real estate market because it's like, oh my gosh, interest yeah. rates are up. Uh, is there a bubble? What's going to happen? But I'm, I mean, for the most part, houses aren't getting cheaper, right? So if anything, you'll probably even make possibly more money on your current home in six months than you even will now. Um, but I would, yeah, from a relational standpoint, it might be wise just to, to, to pump the brakes a little bit. You, you guys don't have this urgent decision that you have to make. Um, so moving in and making the time frame, you know, overlap very small if needed, uh, because are they, do they need any cash out of their house or I guess they're doing a construction loan? Yeah. So they, they would be using the loan money to be able to help build. Okay, okay. Um, Carly, how much for you and your family, not your parents, but you guys, uh, financially, where are you at? Do you guys have debts? Do you have savings? Um, So right now we have a a car payment and then the house mortgage payment. How much much do you owe on the car? On the car, how much do you owe? How much? Four seventy-seven a month. I know how, how much is things. how much is the total loan? Do you know? Do you know how much the total loan is? It's a lease. Okay. And yep. when is it up? Uh, in the next year. In the next year, okay. How much do you guys make a year? We're making around a hundred and forty-five thousand a year. Okay. Gross. Yeah, good for you guys. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I w- the, the lease is just, burf. do you guys have cash, uh, at all? Any savings? So in our savings, we have about 14,000. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, from a financial standpoint, I mean, the lease is the only, you know, somewhat debt that you're carrying and you guys have a good emergency fund in place. So I would, I, I mean, just... At this point, it's more the relational factor that kind of has us pausing. And yeah. and probably our advice would be just to slow it down so there's not any messiness of moving in with parents and, and all of that. Yeah. Here's what I would say. And it's so easy to do handshake deals and, hey, we'll just take care of it. And you've heard me say this a lot, but we, we think in pictures, but we speak in words. And so when they say, hey, we'll take care of it, you might see free. And when they say, we'll take care of it, they might say, we're going to do the paperwork and 
give the $10,000 charge to you guys. And it's going to be awkward when you get an inspection done on their house to find out, hey, the roof has a leak in it or there's a problem with the um, sewer system or whatever. And it's going to be a challenge when they say, hey, how about you just pay us and you don't even have to get a loan? No, we're going to go through a bank. We're going to make this as clean as possible because we want you to stay our parents. We want to still be um, y'all to yeah, uh, we, we want us to love each other. Go through. Yep. And that was our plan was to go through the bank, the bank to do the loan and everything like that. Yeah. Um, what what I know I about building is it never comes in on time. Yeah. And so I think an idea in Fargo, we're going to be done in the spring. The chances of it running to next fall are very high. Maybe not. Yep. So they do it. They have a cabin that they're going to be moving into. So it's going to be a for sure, like March, April move okay. out, whether or not the building is done or not, you know, they'll just be getting started. So I, but, I think you could um, do something as simple as write up a personal contract in your home computer and hand it to your dad and say, I'm going to buy this house for this much. And we're going to close April, whatever, April 1st. Okay. And then you and your husband, okay. now y'all have this much time to get your house sold, get some cash saved up, get that stupid lease out of your life or, um, figure yeah, out know. how you don't have to re-up it, right? And you can you have a long runway to get into this thing. Yeah, and Carly, what's the what is the reason you're choosing this house over something else? I'm just curious. Their house over something else is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Um, the location and the size of the house, and um, are they cutting I you guess, a deal on it? The tr- yeah, they're cutting a deal too. Okay. Yeah. So you guys wanted to upgrade anyways. You wanted more square footage. Yeah, our house right now is small, so yeah, we would be. So you you are going to want to anyways. Okay, perfect. Yep, no, that's great. So yeah, um, yeah, everything John said, I I totally agree with, and I just want to make sure always with these family deals. Sometimes, and Carly, that's why I asked that question here at the end, is because it's like, oh, mom and dad are they're they're moving, and the childhood home, ever the whole family wants to keep it in the name, and we'll be the ones that sacrifice and or take they, this they on. Or they want to sell it to us because they want it to stay in the family. Yeah, or like it's there's some the there's yeah. some weird like strings and all that. So just making sure that you guys, as just you and your husband Carly and your family, that this is a move that you guys would have done anyways. Mom and dad are moving at the same time. That's great. We'll cut a great deal. We'll figure it out. Move forward. Just making sure that there's no uh, weirdness of any pressure, feeling like you guys have to make this move when you may not even want to. So thanks for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. John, uh, you've been hard at work. 
I would say, for a bit now, uh, because well, you're you're always hard at work, not just for a bit, but always. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, that, that felt so good. The, I'm glad you recognize. <laughs> but the stuff you talk about, especially on your show, you know, when you look in the lane specifically with anxiety, with depression, all these things that are so intertwined that are continuing to increase. I mean, you you we all see the studies and the stats and everything coming out that it just continues to be a problem. And so this is something, a subject that you've really honed in on and then in turn have written an entire book about. Right. And I've also experienced it in my own house, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so I've been talking a lot about on the show, it's called building a non-anxious life. Um, and we'll just keep talking about it by the way, but listen, um, you know, those little blurbs on the back of the book, of a book jacket where famous people tell you how great oh, the book is, yeah. right? They all love it. Well, They're a team like, handed me this paper, and as I started reading these, I don't think these are real, but <laughs> here's what they wrote. Advanced Praise for Building a Non-Anxious Life by Dr. John Deloney. Jocko writes, good book, pro tip, throw the dust jacket away so you never have to look at his face. Thanks, Jocko. <laughs> Kelly Daniels, my producer, says, well, 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 we finally wrote something with that pen instead of twirling it between his fidgety little fingers. Oh my gosh. Personality Ken Coleman said, this book is 10 times better than all of my books combined. <laughs> I sleep with an autographed copy on my bedside table. Dr. Deloney's my hero. Thanks, Ken. Ken. That means the world. So gracious. <laughs> Dr. Jordan Peterson writes, this book is an analog of the structure of existence itself. It puts you on the border of chaos and... <laughs> That was actually pretty funny. I think the team made those up. But listen, <laughs> you can get the book right now. It's 20 bucks, and we're going to throw a whole bunch of things at you to encourage you to get it early. Um, it will be in your mailbox October 3rd when it releases. And if you wait till October 3rd, that's great, too. It's going to be in all the stores, and you can get it anywhere you buy books. But know this. I, I kept in mind all the, the latest neuroscience and nerd stuff, and I kept in mind all the professionals and practitioners that I talked to across the country but I wrote it for you. If you are into the, the neuropathways and the way chemicals in your brain interact, this book probably is not for you. If you're interested in what can I do right now to help my kids? What can I do right now to help my house, my classroom, my workplace? With that person you look in the mirror, I wrote this book for you. And it is simple. It's a path towards a non-anxious life so that your body doesn't have to get your attention all the time with those alarms. So, Rachel, that's what we're doing. Go to RamseySolutions.com, yeah. 20 bucks, and get your copy now. It's so good. Because I uh, feel like for some people, you know, they hear the word anxiety or, I mean, it, like anything in that mental health space. And some people are very intrigued by it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I want to learn more. I want to know what's going on with me. And then some people are like, Ugh. like, no, that's that's not for me. That stuff, people get stuck in just the therapy loop of life and talk about feelings and we like we gotta get stuff done, you gotta move on. Like there's like kind of that grit mentality mm -hmm. almost. So just for for just a second, talk about like what it what is anxiety? If it's something that people because you hear that word a lot, and there's some people that aren't gonna go and dive into it, even if maybe they have it, they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you're when you're talking about a non-anxious life, what would an anxious life be? So I used to be a hold the line nerd, if you will. And I would push my nerd glasses up my nerd nose and say, hey, anxiety is actually a clinical term only for diagnostics and you have to be trained and it's one of these things and it's in the DSM or the in the 10 codes. And then I started acting like a human being and say everybody uses the word anxiety and it can mean burnout, it can mean chronic stress, it can mean 
I can't breathe when my husband walks in the door and I don't know why because I actually like that guy. It can be your kid walks in and slams the door and just heads straight to the room and you are just brush it off and say, oh, that's just teenagers. But you know in your guts something's wrong with that relationship. So that's the way we use it as our, in our culture. We just throw it all under, I'm anxious, he's got anxiety. Right. So I just went with that this time and I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. What I tell folks is the, the, the last study I looked at said 50% of the United States experiences some form of burnout, chronic stress, or anxiety, and mm. the other half of America is married to them. So you can say <laughs> this isn't you. I don't have nothing to do with this, but it's your wife. Yeah, or your husband, yeah. It's your mm-hmm. boss. Mm-hmm. It's your son. It's your daughter. It's your husband. It's, it's, yeah. This is impacting you. In some. It's your politician that's screaming their head off about it's all coming down when it probably isn't. So this is a really important read. And the world, in my opinion, doesn't need another clinical treatise. It, we need a, what do I do right now? Yep. And um, there is a time for counseling. There is a time for medication. You and I both see a counselor. We're pretty mm-hmm. open about that. Mm-hmm. Both of our spouses see counselors. That's really mm-hmm. important. But man, we have thrown a lot of counselors at the problem and a lot of medication at the problem globally, and it is just continuing to escalate. And so this is, what can I do in my house right now? Yeah. And um, let's start there and made it as simple as possible and as tactile as possible. But anxiety, it's just your body trying to get your attention. It is a smoke alarm in your kitchen that something's on fire it's not the problem. What's the problem is the fire. And this book points you to the fires in your life and how to deal with them. Yeah, and in every area. Right. So it's so good. So powerful. So you can go to RamseySolutions.com and pre-order building a non-anxious life today. Again, if you pre-order, you get a bunch of free great stuff and uh, it will be delivered in your mailbox October 3rd. 3rd. Awesome. And for those of you um, in that can be in the Nashville area, October 5th, we are going to have a Madhouse live event here on Ramsey's, uh, Ramsey's campus, October 5th, 7 o'clock. It is going to be wheels off. We're going to have a book launch party. I'll be speaking. We'll have some guests show up. Don't miss it. Um, you can get on RamseySolutions.com and check out tickets and all that. Get tickets there. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So great. All right. Up next, we have Casey in Fayetteville. Hey, Casey. Welcome to the show. Hey there. Thank you so much for having me. I feel grateful. Oh, well, thanks for calling. How can we help? Yeah, so um, I am currently serving active duty in the Army. Um, I actually just completed 10 years. Um, oh, wow. Thank you, Casey, for your service. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, unfortunately, I've sustained some pretty significant injuries that is requiring me to be medically separated, hopefully medically retired, just depending on disability rating and all of that. Um my question to you is I have the remaining debt that I have is $10,000 in student loans. Um, and I'm kind of in a pickle where I have the money to pay them off um, right now. However, um, my situation is if I get a high enough disability rating, the VA takes care of those loans for you. Um, now, I expect to be separated probably by next spring. My guess is March, April, just given how long these things take. Um Obviously, with the you know interest rates kicking back in and payments you know starting back up in October, it's kind of made me sit down and think about this. Like, do I want to just go ahead and knock this out so I'm not growing this interest, or come when I'm separated? You know, I have the high like I do have a high enough disability rating to get those taken care of for me, and so I'm just kind of in like a dilemma of how to go about this. Yeah, how much do you have in savings total? Um, I have, we have roughly about 25,000 in a high yield savings, 5,000 in a CD, and then I have 
20000 in a thrift savings plan that's kind of, that I just recently started uh, for my retirement. A thrift savings plan from your retirement? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a program that's in like the military. Oh, okay. Um, it's an account you can, you can set up at any time, and you can put a certain percentage of your paycheck towards it. Gotcha, gotcha. And you can put it into certain different funds. Okay, yeah. perfect. But that's more considered retirement, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. So for you guys, is there a chance that in March that they would come back and say no, that they wouldn't be able to take care of it because of the amount of disability that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible that I don't get a high enough rating. And that's the thing. I don't know what my rating yeah. will be until it happens. So yes. it's kind of like, you know, I I could hope for it and then it doesn't happen. And then I'm just stuck with that much more money I owe. For sure. Which I could pay for it, but it just seems yeah. know, silly. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, so transitioning. Yeah. yeah, Casey, I mean, if I were you today, I I would just go pay it off. And I would be you know, detached from that loan and be done with it and continue to live my life. And you'll make different decisions, I think, between now and even spring because you guys are debt free. So um, and, and again, they may come back and, you know, maybe you would have had it paid off. But here's the deal. You have the money now. And for me, I'm like, as soon as possible that I can not have debt in my life. That's the route I'm going to choose. nine months of sleep you could pay for yep. 10,000 bucks. That's right. I'd so I'd pay it off, Casey. And thanks again for your service. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Dr. John Deloney taking your calls. And listen, you guys, if you are a new listener and you hear terms like the debt snowball or the baby steps or all this kind of like lingo around specifically money and you're thinking, hey, I want to get on board because we have new people all the time, YouTube, podcasts. I mean, there's so many of you guys that are just tuning in and seeing, hey, what can I do now to take control of my money? And you're listening to us. And so... Um, the best way to plug in and the best way to understand where you're at and what to do next is our Get Started Guide. So if you go to RamseySolutions.com and you click on that, it's really going to help uh, take you know what's in your head and what you're thinking and kind of figuring out and just put it right in front of you and to say, hey, here is your next step. So again, it's uh, it's it's a button called Get Started, but really it's this kind of thing you fill out to really understand where you're at today and help you on your financial journey when it comes to Ramsey Solutions as we guide you and have some of this these terms and all of that too. So go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button uh, to figure out your next step in your financial journey. All right, up next we have Jamie and Memphis. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely, how can we help? Uh, so my husband and I, we have a blended family. We have four children, um, two live with us and two live with their mother. Um, we're communicating um, with our 16-year-old and her mother regarding her first car. We're trying to encourage a cash car and we'll contribute to the purchase and possibly just buy the whole car if we can agree on the, the kind of car and everything. Um, but her mother's suggesting financing a vehicle that's a bit more expensive and doesn't seem to have any insight into the Ramsey principles. Do you have any advice on how we should handle this situation? Yeah, don't let your kid get stuck in the middle of this. And I know, and I know okay. that sounds so hard, but if... if and that means what? Making the parents make the decision? That means if, if Biomom is... Um, <laughs> makes it sound like she's a robot. If biological mother is the where this kid lives 
and she wants to make a decision, I think you sit down and say, hey, we don't believe in taking out loans in our house. And you can look at our home and our home is, is peaceful. We've made these choices. Um, and in no way are we going to disparage Biomom at all. But this, this is the life we've chosen. We're willing to give you a car um, that you won't owe any money on. You're not going to have any payments on because that's what we believe. Then you state your piece. You put on the table what you're able to put on it. And if she chooses to go with what her mother is telling her, I would not roast her because she's caught in the middle of two different households with two different sets of values. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Thank and I you. think that... Not- I think I think your promise to her is I'll sit with you when you're complaining about having to make this payment in two and a half years, or you have to sit out a semester of college because you can't you have to pay this loan and you can't afford your tuition. I'll sit with you and I'll 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 even pick up the breakfast tab while you're agonizing and complaining about it. Um, but this is a choice you're making, and here here we go. And here's this option right here. Well, I think um, her mother is suggesting taking on the payment herself and. We just don't think that that's a great idea. Um, of course, it's not necessarily our business to be in her finances. Um, but again, we would just prefer, like, I feel like this is a teachable moment for her because I didn't have the, the financial knowledge at that age that I wish I had. So, um, yeah. It's a teachable it. moment, but I also, I, I there's just something about a 16-year-old caught between two households, and if I don't do this, then... I'm going to do this. My mom's going to feel like I'm doing this just for dad and my stepmom. And that means I'm being disloyal to, I mean, you're asking a lot of a 16 year old trap between these two homes. And so it is a teachable moment, but when you're in a split house like this, those teachable moments, I, I, I mean, they spread out over years and we want, I, I never want to sacrifice a relationship in this moment for two different uh, values in a household, unless there's something about safety, right? Um, like right. I would probably dig my heels in on bio mom wants to give my kid a smartphone and I'm saying, no, I'd probably throw a fit about that. Or bio mom lets me drink at home and I'm only 14. I'd throw a fit about that in terms of your mom wants to take out a loan. We don't think that's wise, but we know you love your mom and here's what we're willing to do if you want to do that. Um, and, and do your best not to throw this child's mm-hmm. mother under the bus because this child will always look in the mirror and know half of me is her. And if she's dumb, if she's making bad choices, then that means I'm dumb. And that's a lot to put on a 16-year-old. Right, right. I agree. Yeah, and Jamie, and I think your heart in those what you call teachable moments, I think what John just said, I think that is one. And I think sitting down and being honest with your 16-year-old without, you know, running her mom into the ground by any means, but just to say, hey, here's what we've realized about money. Here's things that we've learned, you know, and that could be everything from budgeting, that could be whatever it is, and to say, We've just realized here's what debt does to us. And as a and as a family, we've realized, you know, man, it puts stress on us. You know, even your husband saying, Golly, I would lose sleep at night thinking about the bills that I had to be paid. Like we've just realized life has so much more peace when there's not debt. So regardless of what happens with your mom and the car and all of that, just know from us, from Jamie and her dad, like this is where we stand and this is why we stand here and we want to walk with you and be there for you. But but from a wisdom perspective, when it comes to money, we believe that this is the best way to handle money. And there's a reason why. And Dave's talked about this um, in his personal life. And I love this story that he had a close buddy show up. And, you know, Dave's a car guy. And he had a, a close buddy show up with just a masterpiece of a car. And then he was bragging about it, it was his new lease. And his buddy's Dave Ramsey. And what did Dave do? He's like, let's go check out this car in my driveway. I want to go see it. 
Dave didn't turn around and lecture him about it. So if your 16-year-old decides to get this new car that mom wants to buy and finance for her and pick up the payments on, and she brings that house, that car into your driveway, make the first thing you do not, mm-hmm. well, is that about payments? Say, hey, baby, show me your new car and run out and look at it. And don't sacrifice relationship right now. Because this, again, she's caught in the middle. Um, let's lean on relationship whenever possible. Great. Thank you so much for your help. You got it. Absolutely. Think, thanks for thanks for thinking through that. That gets messy. Yes, gets I know. Messy. Well, and with that mentality of the of the kids that are stuck ping ponging between, right? It is so easy to get caught in the middle. And for parents, how important is it to to protect your kids in that yeah. and to set them up well? Well, and I can also see bio mom saying, "Y'all aren't buying my daughter a car." Like, that's my job, and I don't have the money to do it, so I'm going to do it like this. Or she's getting her esteem because her daughter's going to drive car X. There's so many variables here that that 16-year-old has no business wading through. Yep. And I never, in a, in a divorced household, I never want a kid to feel like I'm being disloyal to one parent, Yes. which they do. I'm never sacrificing my values. I just, I just don't want them in that mm-hmm. mess. And so the best adults can agree together, man, that's so good. And if they can't, let's figure out the the... the path of least resistance there yep so helpful all right up next we have will in atlanta hey will welcome to the show we're up against the clock man let's go quick hi uh okay let me get right to my question so at the end of every month i have a little bit of space left in my budget i just want to know what should i do with that little bit of space do you have do you have debt right now no ma'am no debt no debt do you have a emergency fund yes ma'am nice are you on base so you're on babysits four five and six are you funding retirement uh, I'm signing up for my 403B next month. Oh, good for you. Do you have kids? No. No. Do you have a house? <laughs> All the uh, questions. I'm renting an apartment right now. Good. Okay. That's awesome, I Will. think you put it in an envelope and send it to Attention Rachel Cruz at the Ramsey Solution <laughs> building. Ramsey Solutions. I'll take that extra cash. She's got no. a car fund <laughs> she's trying to trying to put money into. No. So, yeah, Will, at this point, how much did you say you have extra per month? Uh, usually comes out to about like 60 bucks at the end of the month okay. it's like I spend $5 less than I allocate for groceries every week or something like that oh good for you down to the penny that's awesome Will so <laughs> Will I, I mean incredible honestly I mean the 60 I would say yeah if there's a little bit if you want to up your out to eat by some you know you can you're to the point that you are you're funding retirement you don't have a mortgage right now so the next big thing that you'd save for is probably a house so if that is something you want to look into and say, hey, I'm going to put some of this money away in a high-yield savings and I'm just going to be diligent with it, that's great. But it's 60 bucks. It's not a ton of money. Uh, yeah, so it's not 600 a month, you know, which you know you would look at and say, okay, what are we going to do? So um, I would, you could up your lifestyle up a little bit, Will, if you want. Enjoy a little bit of that 60. Or, or I've heard or um, put it away. people say you get wealthy $10 at a time. So, yeah. so put or it in the a high-yield savings account. Go put, there. It, put it away. Good so either you. way, but you're doing great. Nothing major on fire right now, Will. Well done, well done. Well, that uh, wraps up the show. Thanks to all the guys in the booth. John, thank you for hosting. Thank you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual healthy relationships. I am Ramsey personality Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with Ramsey personality Dr. John Deloney. And it is a free call anywhere in America to talk about, again, your life and your money at 888-825-5225. So give us a call. 
All right, to start us off this hour, we have Joshua in Baltimore. Hey, Joshua, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, Absolutely. I'm a huge fan. Um, my my question is, though, I'm 25 years old. I just graduated college um, from the illustrious Morgan State, and I have about 17k saved up. But I, I got a, I got myself into a car loan. I didn't need one. But I just needed a car at the time. It's about 28,000, and my student loan just started, so that's about 28,000. So my question is. Which one should I pay down first? I'm trying to follow the debt snowball mm-hmm. um, thing that you guys talk about. Yeah. So should I, should I pay? Should I pay down the student loan first or the car first? Because I was thinking about getting a, a second job. Um, yeah, good to, for you, Joshua. How did you save up seventeen thousand dollars as a recent college grad? So I'm I'm an engineer. Uh, I, I had a I had a job with the with the construction company before I graduated. So since student loan was on the freeze, I was just saving up my money as much as I can. I normally saves up about close to two k every month, and I just kept on saving from there from November all the way through April good before they released me. So, but I have I have a good amount saved up. I didn't really need to get the car, but I was like at the time I just got in an accident, so I really needed needed the car at the time. So I was thinking if I should maybe just sell the car and take it to auction, but I wanted mm-hmm. to know, shy. Yeah, how much so is that? How much is that car worth? It's worth twenty six thousand. Oh yeah, I would sell it today. Gosh, Joshua, I think I would sell it. I'd sell it right now, and if even if you have to take a thousand or two thousand dollars to close it out, I would do that. And dude, you cut your debt load in half. I'd probably take ten thousand of that seventeen grand and go buy a car and take the rest of it and start paying those student loans off. Okay, that's okay. So, so if you have it's twenty six, you'll pull two thousand out of your seventeen thousand, so you'll have fifteen thousand left. Yeah, Yeah. go take eight, nine, ten thousand. Um, as cheap. I, honestly, Joshua, at this point, I'm like, I would just get as cheap of a car as possible. I mean, that's going to run and that's you know reliable and all of that. Um, and then yeah, throw the rest at your debt because you could, depending on the car you buy, I mean, within 30 days you could have just 20k left of of student loans to pay. And with the rate that you save, I mean, you'll be able to to knock that out. Are you are you in a different job though? Is that what you said? Yeah, I am because um, they they released us in April. So okay, I work for new. I'm a, I'm a field engineer. I work for a new company. Okay, and um, how much do you make a year? Eighty one. Oh, good for you. And is that is that less than what you're making at your other job or more? No, it's it's one k more than how I was making my other job. I started okay. my first one was like eighty. This one was eighty one, which isn't bad. So it's an improvement. Yeah. So hey, okay, and grateful. Joshua, I want you to like be yeah. ready for this. They're okay. gonna clown on you when you come rolling up in a forty five hundred dollar car. <laughs> they will clown on you. They will say, "Hey, we know what we're paying you. What are you doing?" And you can just smile real big and say, "I'm solving for freedom, guys. <laughs> I ain't nobody gonna own me. I'm out. I'm out. I'm off. I'm. I'm I took the red pill and the green pill. I'm out of the <laughs> matrix. I'm done." And uh, okay, I, I dude, because I've done it, man. I rolled up to my job as a dean of students at a law school in a thirty five hundred dollar truck. And man, we had some good hearty laughs out in the parking lot with some of my colleagues. And gotcha. um, man, sure was cool never making a, a car payment or mm-hmm. a truck payment. I just got out. Yeah, because my my car payment, John, is like forty six a month. But I normally pay six hundred to pay down faster. Yeah, but I I got tired of making the payments. So I just wanted to know like which one would be more much smarter. But I'm definitely going to take 
take you on Rachel's advice as far as like sell that yeah, car. Yeah, I would. Car, and yeah, and again, Joshua, definitely. I'm like when you're looking at you know kind of the math we just ran that we're like, yeah, if you yeah. go and you take you know two grand out of your seventeen to pay the difference if you need to. You got $15,000 left. And I'm like, in a dream yeah. world, I'm like, what if you, yeah, what if you found a $5,000 car? Again, it's not, it's not, it's not a great, beautiful car, but it's something. Yeah. And then yeah, you take, sure. the, and you take the rest of that 10 grand, you're going to have $18,000 left in your mm-hmm. student loans. And I'm like, you, and if you said you were willing to work an extra job. You're six months. Yeah. Dude. yeah I mean, that's five months, Joshua. And you could be completely debt free out of this, all this mess. And then when you stay with that intensity, you'll be able to save up a lot of cash, sell the crappy car, the $5,000 car, step up to a $10,000 car, and then you're just moving right along and continuing to save for an emergency fund. Like and you then can- like in 10 years, I'm calling you and asking you for a job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like this is how, I mean, this is a 24, 36 month turnaround, but this is how family legacies are changed. Absolutely. Right well done, Joshua. We're excited for it's you. Awesome, man. And that's what's that's the stuff that is so exciting when you look at the specific numbers in a situation like Joshua's and you actually put it down and you do a plan. His whole world could be different in ten months. Yes. Like it's not that long. I mean, like you could really say, Oh my gosh, you know, by next by summer, completely debt free, money in the bank, a paid for car, and you're just trucking right along versus stretching everything out, spending everything, not having savings. Right, Putting like, extra over here, extra over here, something yeah. breaks. You got to get a credit card for that. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and hey, all of it. Don't underestimate. Like Rachel, we were just talking about like, it's just 10 months, it can be all be different. And almost every day of that 10 months is going to be miserable. It'll be hard. Your friends are going to laugh at you. Your, that car is not going to get the gas mileage you want. It's going to smell funny. You're going to be sending all this money to your student loans. It's not going to be a pleasant ride. So trust people that you hear on the debt-free screams. Trust the millions of people who go through this program on the back end. That freedom, the whole, the lights come on in their home that they didn't even know were off, man. And so it's worth that grind to get to the other side. Yep. I've Which, never had somebody, you may have, I've never had somebody go be debt-free and say, I wish I hadn't done that. I've never right. heard that, ever. I know. I've said often, I wish I hadn't eaten that second cheeseburger or I wish I hadn't of whatever. <laughs> never heard somebody say, Ah, I wish I hadn't have paid that debt. Well, that's what I always tell people. I'm like, listen, if you hate it, if you hate being debt free, you can always get back in. Go borrow like, whatever. If, you want. If that's yeah, what you choose, yeah. and that's the life you want, to, you can always do it. But there's something about living in this mentality when you don't owe someone anything, nothing, and the autonomy, Joshua. And at your age, I'm like you just graduated, you're an engineer, you're such a sharp guy. In this situation, I'm like, it's just a few of those decisions, painful, hard decisions sometimes when you're in the midst of it. But it's just saying, hey, this, this, and this for a period of time. And then you look up and, you know, not not even 10 months. And then fast forward two years, three years. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's just a completely different world versus staying in the same monotonous habit that you're just in. And that's the problem, John, I think, is that people, they're comfortable where they are. And it kind of is work. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like his situation, He this is a great example. I'm like, yeah, $28,000 car loan, $28,000 in student loan debt. I mean, we could kind of just truck along, pay, you know, an extra thousand Here a month, there. you know, and you're in it for, for three, four years. And oh, it's just, man, I need new tires. We can just finance those. Yeah, right, you just kind of like fine. go along. And then you look up, it's been five years and you're like, we've made, I've made no progress. Like, And I've dug my hole deeper, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the habits, you guys, if you're not happy with the situation you're in financially, that means the way you're handling money, the way you're viewing it, it has to change. And change is uncomfortable, but change is necessary to get a different result. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. 
When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Our question of the day comes from Neighborly. It's brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly is the place to find reliable help for your home from the most trusted locally owned businesses like Glass Doctor, Provision Garage Door Service, and Mr. Handyman. Visit Neighborly.com to find home experts available to you. And we wanted to um, just pause for a second and just say to the Neighborly families or family of franchises and to the Bidwell family in particular that our hearts and our prayers uh, go out to you guys. Uh, Mike Bidwell was a really strong leader and he's going to be missed and we are really so, so incredibly sorry. Um, Mike was the CEO of Neighborly. He was, yep. And he passed away suddenly and we, um, this company and him and his family and everything that they've, they've done uh, is just absolutely incredible. And, um, it was just a really shocking, really sad, um, sad day for them. So we're thinking about you guys. Yeah, our broken hearts are with you. Today's question comes from Deb in Texas. Deb writes, I've always tried to be organized with my finances. My husband, on the other hand, never had any control on spending. We've been married for 16 years, and I just discovered he had a Best Buy credit card balance of $10,000. Oh wow. The same card he hid from me two years ago. After arguing every day, he finally sat down and talked about the problem. We started the Baby Steps in March and did Financial Peace University with Jade. I was so happy because I started to see a change. He even cut his credit cards in one of the classes. Mm. I recently told him that I needed to add his other bank account to every dollar budget to keep track. And what came out of his mouth was, you have the other bank information. You want to have control over this one too? Once again, I feel hopeless and tired. I know that our money problems and the lack of communication will eventually kill our marriage. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not what's going to kill your marriage. What's going to kill your marriage is you have a husband who lies to you regularly. What's going to kill your marriage is y'all have not sat down in a room with the marriage counselor and said, the marriage we had where we trusted each other, where you weren't trying to be in control of everything and y'all were partners in this thing, and he was honest and was a partner in this thing as well. That we, that's over and we have to rebuild it. Y'all haven't done that. And so what you're doing is blaming money. What you're doing is blaming the lack of communication. Those are symptoms mm. of two people not on the same page. And so, um, Rachel, this marriage is in crisis. And this is a turn all the lights on, turn the music off. We're going to counseling right now yep. because we have to decide if we want to stay married or not. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that, you know, when you fix just the symptom and you don't fix what's really going on, it's gonna bubble up, right? Yeah. So like, and that's what's happening. It's like, okay, well we fixed that. He cut up the credit card, which is great, 
But understanding, we talk about this a lot on the show, is that, yeah, your money problems aren't usually money problems. It's usually marriage problems. And so the fact either couples are like, yep, you're right. We're going to sign page, cut the credit card, and we're in this together, right? So this story could have been, oh, yeah, we need the other account for every dollar. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, here it is. And you keep trucking, right? There's a there's a level of healing in just the sense of we're on the, we're in this together, and you are. But when statements like this arise and you can start to see, oh my gosh, he doesn't, he doesn't trust me. He doesn't want me to see something. Then, you know, underneath all of that, it hasn't been fixed. And it may not even be that he's doing something nefarious. It may mean maybe you are overbearing. Maybe you are in his business about every second of everything. And maybe he is being dishonest because he feels genuine. Like who knows what the issue is? Right. Um, more than likely, he's hiding things and lying to you, right? Um, but whatever it is, you have to get to the bottom of that. Um, and what does that sound like in real life? Let's just get brass tacks. That sounds like I will not be married to somebody who continues to lie to my mm-hmm. face and put my family's financial future at risk, period. I will not be married to somebody who hides money from me and from our kids and who will not be in alignment with me, right? That, I mean, that's what we're yeah. talking about here. Yeah. And um, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think that fidelity, we talk about that cheating, if you will. We only talk about that in a, did you hook up with somebody you're not married to context? Yeah. I think you can cheat on your spouse with your hobbies. You can cheat on your spouse by working 100 hours a week, 160 hours a week. You can cheat with alcohol. You can be a person who is not does not have fidelity it's in not. a relationship mm-hmm. a, with a bunch of different things. Yes, yes. And financial infidelity is one of those things. Yep, absolutely. And sadly, it's one that we see, I mean, not crazy often, but enough to know, okay, there's stuff that 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 is broken here. And marriage is hard, right? I mean, stuff- So hard. Always, it's, it's so stuff hard. that you're working on. But I think the the point of bringing in a third party, even at this point, um, for for Deb is- what I what I would encourage because obviously you guys are trying to do this on your own, which is, you know, honorable, but also to be able to get to the root issue, I think having somebody to walk you through that, ask the right questions, pinpoint the right stuff, um, is really crucial. I think it's part of the healing. Here's a good analogy. If you've been fixing your roof for sixteen years and it still leaks every time yes. it rains, call a roofer. Yeah. You aren't getting the job done. Yep. For whatever reason. You don't have the skills, you don't have the expertise, whatever you are not able to solve this problem, get a roofer. You've been working on your marriage for 16 years. You've tried programs. You've tried shame. You've tried yelling. You've tried uh, arguments every day. You've tried all these things. You've tried hiding money from each other. It's not working. Yep. Get a professional. So good. All right. Up next, we have Sarah in Los Angeles. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Thanks for calling. How can we help? Um, long time listener. So happy to find you online. Um, I have a question. So I um, feel very blessed. We, we have, we're in a good place in our lives with money. Um, however, we have a rental property that um, we've owned for a while, my husband and I and our family. And uh, a couple of years ago, we had an opportunity to buy a house and remodel it in the area that we wanted. And so that's, we did that and we're living in that house now. And we decided to keep our old primary residence and make that into a rental and then not sell it right away, just say, see, you know, hold on to it, see where we are in two years. And so here we are. And um, talking about anxiety, sometimes it does cause a little bit of anxiety because I want to be debt free. But um, so we, we, I just need to figure out if it's worth me paying off that house or just selling yeah. it. Um, 
Sarah, how much is how much is the house worth? That house is worth probably a million dollars. Okay, and how uh, what do you owe on it? Three forty-five. Okay, and what other debt do you guys have? That is the only debt we have. Just the rental property. Other You're, than our prime, other what, than our primary. Okay, residence, what's your primary? Which we yeah. Own. What what uh, what mortgage do you have on that? How much do you owe on it? Six hundred. Okay. How much do you guys make a year? Between the two of us, we make about two fifty. Okay. Yeah, so no, a lot of yeah, no, one, no wonder you're anxious. Your body's trying to get your attention and let you know if one of y'all says the wrong thing at work and gets fired, you lose both houses. You lose yeah. everything. Yeah, no. Your body sure, would be yeah. failing you if it let you sleep through the night with $800,000 of mortgage debt spread across two properties. Like it would be failing you if it let you sit I mean, present. Close to, close to a million. I mean, yeah, six hundred. Yeah, yeah. It would be so, failing you. You know, you, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know. Your body's doing exactly yeah, so what Sarah, it's designed I mean, to do. It's yeah, awesome. So tell me this. Tell me this. Yeah, tell me this, Sarah. What if you What if you sold it and you clear about six hundred on the rental, pay off your primary mortgage, and you have no no debt? No, but, I I totally every day. That's what I want. So what keeps you, what keeps you to have the rental? The emotional attachment to oh, okay to the house itself. To, not even emotional in the sense that we have a son and California real estate is very expensive, and we have other family whose kids are moving away for that reason, mm-hmm. and we have an opportunity to hold on to this house to either help him buy up into a new house to stay close to where we are. Um, I mean, we have a very low interest rate. Luckily, we when we got it, refinanced it, it was like a 3%. It's low property rate because it's been in the family. Yeah, well, you, I, are, I you, you are Sarah, suffocating you. yourself to, to prop up some fantasy that may or may not happen in 10 years. Sell the house. I promise he wants a mom who's got peace in her heart and in her home more than he's going to want to buy some house in seven to ten years. Yep. And if the income was a different story, Sarah, we could have a different discussion. But you guys make two fifty, and you have so much, so much mortgage debt. I would, I would get rid of it, pay off your primary mortgage, and live a peaceful life. This is the Ramsey Show. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. I'm Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with Dr. John Deloney, and it's a free call anywhere in the country at triple eight eight two five. Five two two five. All right. Up next, we have Lindsay in Chicago. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? How can I help my 82 year old father, who is first generation here in the United States from Poland, change change their mindset about money? He won't spend it. I think you should solve world hunger and the climate crisis first, and then you'll be prepared to do this. Do this one. Oh my goodness. Okay, so his problem is not that he doesn't have money; it's to spend it. Yeah, uh, we lost my mom back in Mm -hmm. 2019, and he, she, she was the money person. He was not. He was the worker, and uh, yeah, I had to. uh, beg him to get the daily newspaper because he loves it. But he didn't want to pay for it. 
And he didn't want to pay okay, for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so well, can we say this real quick, Lindsay? Let's just say, oh, this is this is a good problem. Yeah, usually to have. it's the opposite. Usually it's the opposite, <laughs> and they're like, my parents have to come and you know live with us because they're broke. So so right. we're on a we're I would say on the on. I don't want to say better or worse side, but we're probably on the if better side. You have to side. pick a side to be on. Yeah, yeah. I would pick your side, yes. Lindsay. Just say, just know that. Just know that. So yes, I, I'm I, very grateful. <laughs> I remember being a young kid, and I went into my granddad's garage, and he had coffee cans in there, and in one coffee can were nails that he straightened, and another coffee can was just string that he picked up when he would go for his morning walks, and I remember oh. asking my dad, "Why does he have cans of straightened nails and string?" And he said, your granddad fought Nazis. Your granddad knows what it's like to be somewhere and they're coming for you. Your granddad went through the Great Depression. Your granddad right. understands. And so that, that stuff understands gets, suffering at a level that there is we, no yeah, stores to yeah. buy nails. at. There's no metal left to buy nails. Right. And so that stuff. Wow is not just a decision at some point that stuff gets wired into your nervous system when you're a kid and so i'm thinking about your dad being born what in the 40s and 50s in poland well he's first generation born here okay in okay one with but uh, yes, you're, uh, same thing yep okay with parents that got out right yeah so he's wired into his his mm -hmm. little one and two and three and four and five year old nervous system this is how you live because it can go bad at any sec, right? And so now he's 81 yep. in the most prosperous time in human history. And his daughter's like, Dad, will you buy a Coke, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> what, what do you want him to spend money on? Uh, vacations or if I can find an example like the newspaper that he loves so much, maybe magazines or crossword puzzles or, you know, something to keep his brain active. What is uh, he, what's he, what, what, how much money does he have? Um, okay. Uh, you may not even know. One, one sixty. I'm the person. Okay. One sixty in cash and, um, 30 in a 401k. Okay, so he and doesn't then, have a lot, right? No, but four hundred in a paid-off house. Uh, yeah, so it's so his I house mean, is paid off. He doesn't have many expenses. Right, he's got no debt. He's got very yeah. little expenses. Uh, electric, and that's it. The property taxes are reasonable. And what's he living it's, off of? This one sixty is he security okay. only? Yeah. Well, and so to be stark. Mm -hmm. He is one heart episode away. He can burn through 160 plus 30 in an afternoon in an ER. Okay. And so his 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 tentativeness is too far. Like buy a newspaper for crying out loud. Right. And also, right. we he, don't need to go take a twenty thousand dollar vacation. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he doesn't have. It's not like he. I thought you were going to tell me he had a million dollars. And and I would say, yeah, he needs to go on a vacation. It might be that you're struggling with, your dad has worked really hard his whole life. Yeah. And you want him to have some peace mm -hmm. and some smiles. And sure. it might be you putting together a cool, non-expensive thing. Because my guess is the thing that would bring him the most joy at this stage in life is seeing his baby girl smile from ear to ear. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a single mom, so I have a six-year-old. So mm. Does he love uh, that six-year-old? Yes. Oh yes. So what oh, if you said yes. what if instead of trying to make him spend money that he's uncomfortable spending, what if you sat down and said, "Hey, 
my six-year-old loves spending time with you. Can we make that a regular monthly thing that you can both look forward to? Oh, that's I mean, you're wonderful. talking about magic. We go for a walk at a golf course and, and steal golf balls. Would you go to the zoo? Like, just make up crap that a six-year-old's right. going to like, that that six-year-old's going to tell at his funeral when he's 26 and your dad passes away. Wow, right? Does that make right? sense? It sure does. That's it's deep and profound, and I love it. But, and cause, cause listen, and I, but I want everyone listening. You didn't want him to spend money. You want to see your dad happy. And for you, right. happiness is mm-hmm. with a really nice vacation. For your dad, happiness is going to be, my parents survived hell and got us over here, and I've scratched mm-hmm. and clawed and scratched and clawed to get to this moment. The right. thing that brings me the most joy is my baby girl being happy and my grandbaby being real, real happy. Right. Okay. Yeah. And if we put it on the schedule, then everybody knows it's here and everybody's looking forward to it. That's mm-hmm. a great, great idea. Yeah. And even if it's walking in the forest, picking up string. <laughs> and and yeah, tell your six-year-old, hey, y'all have to get 15 mushrooms and 15 rocks before you come back in the house. All right. Let's do it. Oh, that's great. Whatever, whatever it is. It can be bananas. That's great. But it's about their time together, which will be fun. Right, right. That's excellent. Hey, he won the freaking lottery when he got you as his daughter, by the way. Oh, my gosh. You are so nice. No, I'm not, actually. I'm kind of a jerk, but I tell the truth. And he (laughs) did really really good by you. That's awesome. Oh, Oh, so great, Lindsay. I'm so glad you called because I think that that's like a, that's a great example of a, you know, you're looking at a situation thinking money's, money's the avenue. It's it's a tool, sure, in life to create things and create memories and experiences and all of it. But really, though, what people are searching for is peace, searching for joy, searching for happiness, connection, relationship, all of that. And so, Lindsay, I'm so glad that you called in because I think that's just a it's a it's a good wake up call, an example of what people are longing for truly in life. Well, and a few years ago, so this is our story in our house. A few years ago, we got on a real big kick to pay some stuff off. We're going to be uh, not gazelle intense. We were rocket ship intense, kind of insane. Yeah. But we had to get away. We have little kids. And so we jokingly went to a KOA and we invited a couple friend of ours and their mm-hmm. kids. It was so fun. Just so and great. now it's become an annual state park adventure. We go to yeah. state parks all over, but, but we realized the time together and the convenience and the silliness, whether we're overseas or whether we're right here for yeah. that particular vacation. Now sure. I'm all about going overseas and doing that wild stuff. But for the purpose of this vacation, it's been magic. And if we hadn't have done it at the beginning, we would have thought the only way to vacation, the only way to peace is this $20,000 vacation. Totally. Man, for $400, for 300 bucks, you can have a wild fun right. time with your kids. good time. And another part of her call, John, was about how do I change my dad's mindset? You don't. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. You don't. But that part, you know, a lot of people, again, they may not be in Lindsay's situation. We're like, I just want my parents to enjoy life more and spend... But it's the opposite. It's like, how do I control my parents? How do I tell my parents to handle their money better? How do I get them to do X, Y, and Z? Maybe not even in the money space, but you're thinking about that. But yeah, so talk about that for a second on, you can't, you you can't. You can't, you, you can't. can't change your parents' mindset. Here's what many, 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 many parents long for. They long to matter to their kids. A great gift you can give your dad, well, he, you know, I'm, and I'm just making this up, right? Yeah. Hey dad, we're thinking about getting a new car. Should we get a Chevy Silverado, a Ford F-150, or the Tundra? I'll I'll check into it for you, right? (laughs) And, hey, Dad, can you help me hang these things when you're in town? 
There's something about, hey, Dad, you experienced this when you were a kid. There's something, hey, Mom, can you help me think through? Mm-hmm. Give your parents a purpose. Yep. And that's the path. If there's going to be one to, to mind shift change, good. it's to them helping you out. Yep, so good. So, so good. Well, again, free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. We'll be back. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz and Jade Warshaw. So in my family, we've learned how to make everyday moments a priority, like Saturday sports games, recitals, vacations, and family reunions. Yes, and with kids, it is never too early to start planning for those big moments as well, like saving for college. Yeah, Jade, we both know that in between all the everyday moments and the big moments, life still happens. My car will still need repairs, your kids will break something in the house, and we might spend more than we'd like to to replace the roof at some point. But for every single one of those moments, putting them in the budget is key to building the life we want for ourselves and our families. Yes, that's why we use Every Dollar. It's the simple budgeting app that helps anyone plan for their month. They can track their spending. They can save for things that matter most, the big moments and those everyday moments. You can download the app or check the show notes for the link and create your free account today. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Up next, we have Cody in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hey, Cody, welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel. Hey, John. It's good to hear from you guys. I I must admit it's a great birthday gift to be able to talk to you guys. I'm pretty excited. Aww. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, nervous, Cody. But. How old are birthday, you, man? Birthday's not till tomorrow, but yeah, it, it's exciting for me. I've been listening. I'm a new listener, but How old are I you? do enjoy listening to you guys. Uh, 29 tomorrow. Nice. Hey, you're going to be 29 for the next 30 years of your life. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's what my mom keeps saying. She's been 29 for about 30 years or something like that. Oh so I didn't, awesome. Yeah, she loves being 29. It's great. <laughs> but, so what, uh, what's up, dude? I've got a bit of a two-part question for you guys, if that's okay. It, it's one question, but I, I don't even know really how to ask it in one in okay. thing. So I, I bought a... Um, I, I, started a job in insurance in uh, 2019. We moved out to Pennsylvania. My wife's family lives here, and we lived with her parents for a little while, and, and we had a brand new baby at the time, and that was absolutely toxic, and I had to get out of it. Mm. So and we, were, we wanted to buy as well, because we'd been renting for so long, and at the time, like, we'll be close to family, so we wanted to buy anyway, just to be in the state and grow my business, but we bought a house that's more of like your, your first home buy. It checked all the boxes we needed, but as as the last three years have gone on, we are, we don't really love the house. We're realizing we like more space. We kind of think that we want to move, but the reason I have this question every time I listen to the show is because when I bought the house, I didn't have two years of consecutive work history because I'm self-employed. So my dad offered to put his name on the house. I know how oh, the Ramsey family no. feels about I know, I know, I know. Don't hurt me. But I didn't. So I, I've only been listening to you guys for a little bit. But I know when I listen, and I, I, I would never do it now, nor would I ever, ever ask him to do it again. And I've already apologized to him for doing it. And mm. he makes buckets of money out in California doing what he's doing anyway. But it, it's not a problem for him. And he's never paid a single dollar at all yeah. from our house, a down payment, anything. His name just had to be on the thing in order for us to get it. Sure. So the idea was to get the house after I worked for two years, refinance it. But we're sitting here now, three years later, and interest rates have more than tripled. So I, I'm like, is it, it sounds so dumb to refinance it. I, I, I'm, I'm a little torn because I want his name off of it. Even though he doesn't need his name off of it, it's not hurting him. 
Right. The bills have never gone unpaid. We do our job, but I just, I, my three options that I kind of come to are, are refinance or stack the deck until we're ready to get the new house, which takes some time, obviously, or just pay it off uh, in the next three, three and a half to four years because my income goes up quite a bit each each year. Sure. Um, so okay, I'm, so I'm not, I'm just not even sure what to do, but I just, I'm yeah. like, is it wrong to hang him on the lawn or what? But how much, know. how much are you, how much do you owe on the house? Uh, about 180, 185. Okay. okay. And how much you make a and, year? Uh, well, see, that's the thing. So my, my income has doubled over the last two years and okay. I get about a $40,000 increase each year. Um, but I, I would hold right on. Now, I, I would say you have the last few years, and you hope to get it in the future. Yes. Be yes, very careful I was, I about making you guys with. Yeah, don't make financial decisions that. based on this. Yeah, I'm, in 14 years, I'm going to be making. Right. Be careful about that. Right. Right. And that's why I don't want to. I don't want to go into like a really expensive house or anything. We also we're we're minimal people. We don't need a lot to be happy. But our our income now, I'd, I'd say by the end of this year, we'll probably clock in just under. I'd say probably somewhere around 90. Um, and then, yeah, because okay. the majority of, of everything that I make, I get a, a giant bonus in January, depending on how annual enrollment period goes for Medicare, because I do, I do mostly Medicare. Okay. So I get a huge influx in the beginning of the year, and then I get like a monthly payment through the rest of the year. So I have to yeah. spread it out. I'm good at saving because I have to spread myself out in order to live. So sure, sure. After that point, really um, do you guys have any other but debt, Cody? Uh, no other debt. Well, all right, that's why. Um, I, we have a car that's going to be completely paid off in January. Well, in December, it's going to be paid off. Okay. Completely. So other than that, we just have a house. Okay. And you said, I've done the math. I cut you off, but. Uh, I, well, after I've done the math and I know John just corrected me and not to do that, but I've done the math in a conservative manner as though I'm going to be increasing my income only half of what I've been increasing in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, at about a twenty thousand dollar increase because I just I like to do my numbers extremely conservatively. Sure. And it it should only take us about three to four years to yeah. to pay off the house. I know, I Cody. Yeah. I do my numbers. I mean, honestly, we. But yeah. I don't know what to do if I get his name off of it, or or if there's a way to do that without refinancing. It just seems so dumb to refinance with such high interest rates right now. Right. No, I hear you. Yeah, and I think if you talk to your mortgage broker, I mean, maybe there's a way around it. You know, there's sometimes they have different stuff, but I mean, I don't I don't know if that's going to be yeah. a situation for you. But I mean, ugh, there's there's part of me, Cody, and I'm going to just say it that I'm like, listen. You guys, you're not going to have this house for 15 years. You guys have an aggressive no, and plan. We don't want the house. Yeah, you, you have an aggressive like, plan to pay it off. Um, you sound as you're talking to us like you're on track. It, it, there's not been a situation so far with your dad and yeah. all of that. Go ahead, go ahead, because I got I'm, I'm kind of burning here. Go ahead. Go well. Well, I, I was going to say. I mean, like <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear the fire. Throw me down. No, I, we're going to throw you down. No, I mean, no, no, no. I would. Look, I would run the math and just see. Okay, how yeah. how much extra? Yeah, because if your if your interest rate is going to be you know seven percent versus two percent or whatever five percent, what? How much extra is that? How much longer would that take you? And you guys need to really yeah. run these numbers out. And you and your wife need to sit down and ask. Okay, is the extra tens of thousands, whatever it is, dollars that we're going to pay if we refinance to get him off and, and clean slated 
you know, what is it worth it to us is that because right now it doesn't sound like the relationship is overly strained. It doesn't sound it's like not. he's, that he's a toxic person and you and you because there's there no. are people that call Cody. Listen, though, and, and it goes down yeah. the drain. Right. That's why we tell people not to do this, because it can go right, down the drain really, that. really fast. And so if you were in a situation and we get this a lot where it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, my her name's on it and she's doing this and wanting this and tell me here. And and it's just a disaster. I would be like, no, I'm, and I would get out of it no matter the interest rate because of the toxic relationship. Right. But what you're saying is you're in Pennsylvania. He's in California. There's you guys seem to that it's OK. Like you guys from a relationship standpoint, there hasn't been this big, you know, mm. explosion and you're going to pay it off in three years. So all of that, I would be comfortable, Cody, if you just keep keep going down the track and pay it off in three years and be done with it. Again, if the timeline was different, if the relationship was different, my answer probably would change. Yeah, I, dude, I hear one it's word coming want to through. Pay it off when we when we don't really. I, I know, want but to listen, I hear one word, and that is ego. You said yeah, it. You, while, know what? you said it while Rachel was talking. I just want this personal accomplishment, bro. You took out a loan yeah. with your daddy with your daddy's signature on it. It, sure, would, sure. it. it would almost be irresponsible right now for you to flex your ego to the tune of however many thousands of dollars that your ego would cost you, and to keep going. Your ego says, I just got a $40,000 raise. I'm going to get a $40,000 next year and a forty the year after that and a year after that. What you haven't experienced is there is usually when you get into an industry, there's a low bar and then you do a really great job and you go way up and then you go way up again, but it does begin to plateau. And while we're at it, your ego says, I make $90,000 a year. We don't need this little house. We need something that better reflects us and our... And so what I want you to do is to take your ego and put it in a drawer and say, what is best for our family right now in this season? And let's go from there because I'm, a, I'm super nervous that you have gone over the next five years and given yourself a $40,000 raise in your mind, put that on paper, and you and your wife have talked about the house you could afford. And I think that's not real. And that you've reverse engineered that fantasy all the way back to this discomfort with your dad's name is still on your loan. Well, I have to admit, I, we're really not. I, we bought this one at 185, and we're actually thinking of coming closer to you guys, Tennessee, Arkansas. And with what we're looking at, it really would only run somewhere between 200 to 250, which is what our house is kind of going for right now. Okay, so you'd, you'd keep that flat, which would be awesome. Good for you. And y'all are moving. That's awesome, too. I... <laughs> I'm with I'm with Rachel. I would ride this thing out. It sounds like your dad's a great guy and is not abusing this relationship. I would ride this out until y'all are, co- are, yep. are committed to what your next steps are. Yep. And I just pay the sucker off. Yep. Thanks, America, for listening. Thanks to all the guys in the booth. And John, this is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show where we help people build wealth do work that they love and create amazing, healthy relationships. I am Rachel Cruz, joined this hour by Dr. John Deloney, and we're taking your calls from anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. So give us a call and we will help you hopefully through a situation that you have. All right, coming up next, we have Kelly in Savannah, Georgia. Hey, Kelly, welcome to the show. Hey, how are y'all? We are doing great. How can we help? Um, I was calling because um, I'm trying to figure out, I'm currently in baby step two, 
and I'm trying to figure out if it's okay for me to move um, now or should I wait until I'm out of baby step two? Okay. Um, how much longer do you have in baby step two? Um, maybe about four or five months. Okay. And what's the current living situation that you're in that you're wanting to move? Um, I am a single mom. I had to move back with my mom um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and I'm sharing a, a room with my two sons, and it's getting a little yeah. cramped. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's like being in a blender yeah. without the top on, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do you have, um, Kelly, do you have good margin to be able to afford, you know, rent for, I wouldn't probably, I wouldn't buy anything right now. But if you go and look at right. an apartment or a condo or something, do you have, are there places in your area that you feel like you could afford? There is. I mean, all of the places are kind of expensive, so it would make it very tight for me. So, like, moving fast through Baby Step 2 wouldn't really happen too quickly. Um, but, I mean, I would be able to, you know, move out and afford to live on my own. What 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 about a finish line? Like a a, a if you knew by a, January, yeah. Kelly looks in the mirror and says, "Kelly, January one, we move out and we move out debt free." Most of us can put up with just about anything, as the great Nietzsche says, if we have a big enough why. I've got to get out of here. I want right. to preserve my relationship with my kids. I want to preserve my relationship with my mom. I want to preserve my sanity. And also want to get out of debt. So I'm going to put a clock on this thing. And we are out of here January 1. And we're out of debt. Would that give you some peace to do both things? Or do you need to go right now? Um, I, I think I can hold off. Yeah. How long have you been <laughs> in it, Kelly? How long have you been in this situation? Living situation? Um, For about five, six years now. Okay. So you've done it. Right. And- Huh. So, so I mean, you've you've proven that for five. It's that's a long time, but also five years versus four months. Um, it shows you know what I mean, like that that you have the stamina. You've been doing it for five years, so you can hold your breath for for four more months to get through it. Would you say? Yeah, that makes sense. And now, here, here's to what I complete the three. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, like my my conversation I've sat down with single moms over the years, one of the pervasive feelings that I hear them explain to me, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it's just this this sense of loom looming dread over the house. This what next? Mm-hmm. I only have this much time. I only have this much margin. We've got so little money. There's just this pervasive air in the house that is heavy and laden with angst. And there's something, yeah. does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. Okay. So what if you focused on what is the air going to feel like in our apartment when we move out? And you could move out today. And like you said, you could cover the bills, but you know as well as I do, you'd be covering them with, it would be like playing Twister and you would have one foot on one corner and another foot on the other corner. You'd be so spread thin. And those little boys, you know what they're going right. to do? They're going to act like little boys. And they're going to break stuff. They're going to get in trouble. They're going to run around because they're little boys. That's what they're designed to do. And think about what if you moved into that apartment in January and you owed nobody Mm -hmm. anything. And it gave you 
that sounds wonderful. That deeper air, that deeper air to breathe. So that might mean you're going to miss some little league games or some soccer games or whatever because you're going to work a second job. But I would love to see you put a clock on it. Get out of there debt free. You've been there five years. It's time to go. We uh, we all know that your mom is ready for you to go. Yeah, everybody's ready you're for you ready. to go. Yeah, but let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's not jump out of the frying pan into a fire. Let's jump out of the frying pan into ah. Now it's time. How's that sound? Right. That sounds great. I love that. I, 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 I mean, you can do what you want, but that's what I'd recommend. Yeah, absolutely. And and unless Kelly, something drastic changed in the in the recent you know few months or weeks that you feel in danger, like right, if there's something there that you're like, no, I I need to get out for the the safety and the health of my family, then that's one thing. Um, but if it's just that you're almost there, you're four months away, and you're just exhausted, you're like, can I just jump the gun? Go ahead and get out, even though it may stretch all this a little bit longer. I would, I would push you stay in it. You've done it for five years. You can continue to do it for four, and you got this, Kelly. Being a single mom, it is, um, it's a, it's a heroic role that you're in, and there's a lot of moms out there and a lot of dads, um, as well. But man, it's, it's really tough. And I really believe, though, Kelly, you, you've done this. You've done it so far. I'm like, you have four months left. Like, you can do this. So close. And the piece that John's talking about that happens when, oh, you actually can do it and you're not stressed to your limit of trying to figure out how to pay this rent. When you have no payments leaving, no debt, all that extra margin, then you'll be able to live in there, pay the rent, and enjoy life. So, John, we're doing a first ever uh Money and Marriage event. Yes. Live. Here. Here. Yes. A full weekend. We've never done this. We've done some live streams. We've done some evenings around the country, even before COVID. Um, and then we decided, gosh, this has been an event that a lot of people tune into for the live stream. So let's make it not just an in-person event, but a full weekend experience. So the first ever Money and Marriage Getaway is October 19th through the 21st. And you and your spouse will come together. And John and I are the main teachers of the whole weekend. We have some special guests that will be coming in and out. But we're going to spend a whole weekend together, you guys, and really dive in and help you with your family, with goals, with your money, with your relationships, with your intimacy. We're going to touch on every area of your marriage and give you the tools to walk away not just inspired and growing and learning new things, but actually what to do when you get home. And so that's a real big thing for us. We want to give you tactical things uh, as you continue to grow. And we've talked to people that have already you know, paid and they're coming. And uh, some of our team has done some calls with them just to kind of understand who's the audience. And it's so great because, I mean, all of them, they're like, we just want to grow. We just want to learn. So if you're one of those people that's like, I just want to continue to do better in areas of my life, well, when it comes to your money and your marriage, this is your weekend. So, And by the way, p- people, Rachel, people, um, and I know you get this too, people reach out from all over the, the country saying, hey, could I get an hour with y'all? Could I, hey, yes. would you be my coach for my family, for my husband, for my wife? This is it. Yep, that's it. We'll be, you and I will be there for two and a half straight days. We'll have Q&As. We'll have access. We'll have meals together. We that's will right. be in this together. Yep. So we hang out with you. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash events to get your tickets to Money and Marriage October 19th through the 21st. Hey, Ramsey Podcast listeners, get inspired and motivated to build a great life with our weekly newsletter. Delivered straight to your inbox, this email has helpful articles, tips, and tools to help you win with money, improve your relationships, and move forward in your career. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash newsletter today to sign up. It's free. And again, RamseySolutions.com slash newsletter. 
Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We are taking your calls, America. And up next, we have Kate in Philadelphia. Hey, Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. So excited to talk with you both. Oh, glad you're here, Kate. How can we help? Um, So my husband and I have been debt-free since 2020. We paid off $120,000 of my student loans. Good for Um, you. And currently, thank you. And currently we're kind of on 3B. We're um, saving. We actually own a small home in the city, and we're trying to save for a larger home, like thinking of starting a family um, and moving to the suburbs. Um, So recently, I guess my question is more pertaining to um, a trust fund that we were recently blessed with. Um, It's $1 million, and we're trying to figure out how we – use that blessing and apply it into like our baby steps or if we save it for our kids future, or if we're supposed to use it for our home, which is love to hear your advice. Yeah, that's great. So you guys are on baby step three B you're saving up for a home. Yes, we currently have 80,000 saved outside of our emergency fund. We make about 185 a year, 185 a year. That's awesome. So before this million dollars showed up, yeah. what houses were y'all looking at? Um, Well, it actually, so we got married in 2021 and about a week before our wedding is when we had found out about it. Um, And then, and then we're 30 now. And so once you turn 30 is when you're able to uh, draw from it for major purchases like a house or a car. Yeah. Cause I, my, my tendency right out of the gate is not going to make us get a million dollar house by any means. Well, and that's would be like, Hey, we're looking at 250 or $300,000 houses we got a million dollars. Let's look at $2 million houses, right? So it can get out of whack really quick. So that's why I was asking that question. But y'all have, y'all have known about this for a while. Yeah, and, and our first thought was almost to ignore it. Like it didn't exist because we were like, okay, yeah. let's just keep going with our plan. Because I was still, I mean, we both drive beat up cars, like 2005 Toyota Camry and like have a really small row home in Philly. And we're totally okay, like living this way. We like love our life. But I'm just curious about how kind of, how much better of a home we could get and maybe not have to move again, like kind of um, in a quicker amount of time. Yeah. Where did the trust come from, Kate? Um, My very generous and hardworking father-in-law. Okay. Okay. So it's your father-in-law's. That's great. And where is, where is the money? I know it's Um, in a trust, but is it managed by, yeah, it's uh, managed like in a mutual fund. It's in a mutual Um, fund. Okay. Yeah. With a management group that they use. Perfect. And so you're, you're making money on that because it's in the market. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's so it's mm-hmm. it's growing, which is um yeah, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. yeah, Kate, I mean yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, you guys as you you and your husband and you've done this well already, I think there's like this dignity piece to you all to know that, hey, regardless of this million dollars or not, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. save we've saved eighty you all saved eighty thousand dollars, you're debt free, you're working towards a home. Um, and so being in that mindset, I think is really important just for you and your husband, uh, mm-hmm. for longevity. Right. And it doesn't sound like you guys obviously are fishing for money right. or that this trust fund, you know, dropped and you're like, finally, we get to go buy the yachts that we've won. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's not this, um, air about you, but I think that's the encouraging piece though, is that you and your husband, y'all are okay. Right. Regardless of this money mm-hmm. or not. So then I think from there, since that's established, to be able to say, okay, out of this million dollars, what, how, how much could we, how much would we have to take out of this trust mm-hmm. to get the kind of house that, like what you're saying, maybe could last us a little bit longer than just mm-hmm. the starter home we were looking at. So for you guys mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, have you priced anything that, you know, you have your starter home that you guys were saving for 
And then you have this trust we're, we're, now. We live in a home now that's uh, it's probably worth like three twenty something. Okay. So like two sixty on it. We bought it um, shortly after, like twenty twenty. We saved a bunch of money, paid off the end of my student loans, and then saved for our down payment, and then got this house. Okay. Um, How's the house now? Small, so. Yeah, it's small. Are you? Do you guys have kids? Uh, no, no. The dog that we act like is our child. But. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so would you were you guys looking to move? Were you wanting to move before this trust? Well, you guys, I guess, already knew about the trust, but I'm just right. I'm just we wondering if you guys in our timeline. So we like we kind of we want to probably start a family in the next year. Or so so looking to maybe have our house in the next year or so. Um, okay, but we could be very patient and aren't trying to like jump like the the next house or anything by any means sure totally totally um let's let's reverse engineer this if your father-in-law was alive today what would what would he want to spend money on oh he is is okay gotcha gotcha sorry okay (laughs) um he is okay um, I thought he passed away and left and this money to you. we actually can meet with him, and we are meeting with him next week to, like, talk about it, to be more open about it, because yeah. I've always kind of felt a little shy about it, because I manage, like, we manage our money together, but I'm, like, a spreadsheet person, so, like, I, when I found out about it, really wanted to know more about how we could apply it to things, but I didn't want to kind of jump in and be like, okay, how can we, but it's been, you know, we've been married two sure. years now, we're going to, like, Yeah, you've been very respectful about it. Well, and it, my, my impulse is, since he's still alive, this makes us a little more awkward, but... He didn't put any restrictions on it. He didn't put any other than 30, right? He didn't put any to be used for a house or for med school or anything like that. He just said, Mm -hmm. when you turn 30, here's a million dollars. Right. And so part of me says, what do we think would be his dream wishes? That he would want us to have a paid for house to start our life and our family with? Because if so, let's pull out 300,000 of that. Let's sell our house or 400,000 of that. Let's buy a $500,000 house or a 600,000, not a crazy house. And mm-hmm. in the Philadelphia area, and let's honor him by being a good steward of this money, and let's put the rest of it. We've already got the college fund taken care of, right, for our kids, or mm-hmm. what, whatever that thing is. With him being here, my hesitancy to go ask him is you mm-hmm. invite him to become a co-steward of the money, and it's real easy for him to say, hey, this, this is my money that I gave you, and you all need to be spending it on mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, and that stipulation doesn't exist now, and so I'd hesitate right. to... to I don't know. Yeah, if I would ask him, but you could, Kate, you and your husband sit down and yeah, what John's saying, I think having a house that's paid, I think living a life without debts and then being able to change your lives and your kids' lives and all of this, using this money as a tool to do that is a very honorable thing. And so I do Mm -hmm. wonder, yeah, if you guys say, if you and your husband agree, yeah, let's pull out 300 of this or 400 of this. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. leave some of it in the market because we're not we don't need it right now. But once we have a kid, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to pull some of that out to start a fund like you kind of have a little bit of a game plan and you and your husband agree and shake hands. This is what we want to do as our family. And then mm-hmm. I think it would be a I don't know what your father in law's like, but I do think it's a kind gesture just to be like, hey, I'm not asking you, but we are so grateful for this and we're so excited about the next step. And we are excited to say that, you know, we're going to take some of this and we're going to buy a house debt free and we were going to use some for college. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of tell them your plan just for, I would think if I'm up here yeah. and, and I do something like that and your kids are responsible, mature, and they come back and like, wow, here's what I'm doing to multiply it's incredible, and to yeah. be 
wise yeah. about it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something honoring about that. Yeah. If y'all want to, I don't think you have to, but um, oh, no. And he's like, they're both just the, my parents are, they're my parent and laws are just like the sweetest people ever. And they would have oh. like, the best conversation. And I'm sure that they would be very yeah. respectful of it. I, I guess that would make me feel better about it. Cause I think my inkling is like, I would like to almost just have a paid for house and like start that way. But uh, I would be very anxious about like just pulling that amount. Definitely without a conversation. So, so, let yeah, me, so let we'll me say, let me say it this way. And this, this, it's probably worth the a can of beans, right? But mm-hmm. if I gave my son, who was 30, a million dollars, and he had just mm-hmm. been married, and they'd been busting their butt, and they'd paid off their student loans, and they had put some money away for a house, and they were talking about starting a family, and my son came and sat down with me over, I'm going to get all choked up, geez Louise, and he came and sat down mm-hmm. over coffee with me, his old man, and he said, hey, Dad, I just bought a house with cash, and I just cre- I put it, is what I could in a long-term savings account, which I, for, for college. So for our two kids, mm-hmm. college is covered. And that's because of your generosity. And now I can spend my life not catching up, but I can spend my mm-hmm. life creating trusts for my kids that will be a million dollars. Thank you. Right. I would weep mm-hmm. if my son used that money in that way to use it as a springboard into him, like you said, multiplying it for yeah. his kids. Yep. And so I, I love the idea of you getting a house, a reasonable house, paying it off, starting your whole life with, with no debt. Man, that just sounds amazing. It's amazing. It's awesome. So great, Kate. Uh, you guys are wise, kind people. So um, I'm excited for you. Thanks for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. So student loans have been in the news often. A lot recently uh, because payments start back next month, you guys. Interest has kicked in and people are feeling the toll. And uh, there's a article, John, and I thought it was a really interesting one. Austin, our producer, pulled it. But talking about how student loan debt takes a toll on a vulnerable, on vulnerable population's mental health. And it tells a story of Melanie. She's 38 now, but she wanted to be a university theater professor. So she went... Got her PhD and she was just rock and rolling. But then the Great Depression hits in the late 2000s and she couldn't find work. And so by 2012, her undergrad and master's degree loans totaled $81,000 with $900 payment a month. And so she briefly was on food stamps, depleting her savings. She was sharing a one uh, room apartment. And so all this was going. So then it leads in. The article starts talking about the anxiety and the shame that starts getting wrapped around people that have this amount of debt, they're feeling this. And, you know, we look at this, the loan debt average is $37,000 per borrower in America today. And so that's where we're at. And what's fascinating is now science is coming out and saying, and studies are now showing that it, it, that your money, your debt levels do have a direct effect on your mental health. Yeah. And, Let's let's just call a spade a spade here. This this person is it's kind of a case study that leads into a, a broader conversation about mental health and student loan debt. But this student did got a PhD in um, performance studies, wanted to be a university professor. So is that wise? Right? Is that wise? Probably not. Probably not that's, the wisest. That's, a, that's an eighty thousand dollar degree, but also had a very clear direction in mind. And here's yep. what she says, and what she says is actually very true. Students are told an untrue narrative. If you work hard in school, you'll be able to pay back your loans. 
if you take out these loans and get this PhD, get this master's, get this degree and whatever, you will be able to get a job that pays them back. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. Now, I do have colleagues across the country, like in history departments and English departments, that will tell their incoming students, especially PhD students, you will not get a job as a university professor. Just so you know, mm. there will be four openings next year across America. Yeah. And there's a lot of Stanford and Harvard grads. It won't be you. Yeah. Right. They do. I, I, they're being as candid as they as can. Honest. Yeah. But these students yeah. keep showing up and they keep showing up. But the narrative globally is if you just go borrow this money and get through college, you'll be great. And you're going to be OK. You're going to be OK. You're and be then okay. you increasingly talk to marginalized populations who have um, not been told in history like this is a path and now they're being told this is the only path go mm -hmm. go 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 and they don't have parents that went to college and so they don't know how to navigate this system and so they're sitting in front of the student loan counselor take signing their life away because yep. they just want to do what's right and i'm just going to follow this plan and now man um the journal of addictive behaviors in april 2023 followed 331 college graduates which is a small study but it's an important start and they linked high debt levels with problematic drinking, anxiety, and depression, especially among the most economically insecure graduates. And let's let's be honest, this makes sense. Yeah. Your brain's going to sound For the sure. anxiety alarms if you're not safe. And if you owe a whole bunch of money and you can't pay your bills, you're not safe, right? But it found one in 14 participants within the group, another study found one in 14 participants in a group of a couple thousand uh, loan borrowers reported having suicidal thoughts that they attributed to being trapped. I can't get out of this. Mm -hmm. My best option is just to cash out. Mm. This stuff is not just a political football to be thrown back and forth. Student loan debt is crushing young men and women. It's crushing adults who went back to school. And it is really devastating people's mental and emotional health, their relational health. This is for real. Yep. It's for real. And it's scary. Um, if you were wondering if this is you, like you were starting to feel that panic, that burnout feeling, that chronically stressed feeling, that anxious feeling, um, we do have an anxiety test. Um, it's not diagnostic by any stretch of the imagination. You take this test and it's not going to tell you you have anxiety. What it is going to tell you is, hey, here's the areas in your life that you should pay attention to. Rachel and I took this test. If you're interested, RamseySolutions.com slash anxiety test. But um, you you took the test and I took it too. And I it's did. very instructive. Very instructive. It's here. really good. Yeah. So the, the areas that the test hits on is connection, freedom, mindfulness, health and healing, belief and reality. And uh, these are the parts of the, your new book, mm -hmm. How to Build an Unanxious Life, uh, that comes out October 3rd. And so, yeah, you can go online at RamseySolutions.com slash anxiety test. anxiety test. And you can take it for free. So, John, what, I, what did we, you say? We just did it. Well, it, it's the results. There's a you get you get all the areas, right? Mm -hmm. And that it. Okay. So let's go through them. So mine connection was yellow okay. which i was kind of shocked by yeah. i feel like i'm very connected with people i think you so communicate a lot your body but you probably don't have a lot of people that you can be completely open with i do though that's my thing I got, are my, you? I got my four people yes i got my four uh, people i don't believe you I'm we totally have three couples i was like i'm like <laughs> we genuinely i'm like i feel very no not by a lot though uh -huh. i mean I, I have a lot of friends sure but there's like those four that nope every mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. so god bless them so but but apparently i'm yellow okay and i'm gonna trust it all right i'm gonna trust it because i right. can also think glass glass half full a lot about life yep. so anyway so it says your score your body it might be nudging you 
to uh, get your attention in this area. So uh, that's yellow. My other yellow score was mindfulness. And mindfulness is about two words, curiosity okay. and awareness. Okay. Do you go to judgment real quick? Okay. Or, or do you... when I'm very Whit Ted Lasso-esque. When Winston leaves towels <laughs> when on the floor, do you say, oh my gosh, Winston, why did you leave towels? Or do you think, what must have happened in his day? Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that's how he, like, something must be going on because he knows I care about this. And one of those, your body goes to war. And one of those, your body goes to empathy and let's support this thing. See, I feel like I'm a very empathetic person. But I'm obviously not very self-aware. Just agree to disagree. I, yeah, apparently not. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe maybe it is. I mean, I I can't be more black and white in thought. No, do tell. Oh my gosh. Really? Okay. All right. So here's Next mine. Is my, well, hold on. Oh, so yours are green. The rest are green. The rest are green. Hold on. Let me go through my green. <laughs> You're a very non-anxious person. My reality is green. My freedom is green, and my health and healing are green. Okay. Yeah, so you yours. see a counselor. You don't owe anybody any money. Yeah. You're a board yeah. member at a super successful company. Yeah, of course. Those things are going to be great. Oh my gosh. You take care of yourself. You've been working out with Winston. Y'all are getting and after have, it. Yeah, we do. We are working out. Yeah. Six weeks in. Okay, Mine, go. so I'm in the middle of a book tour. I'm traveling all oh, over. I'm running. So this, can, so this does change. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Seasonal. for a season. Oh, yeah. I can't wait about yours. Stressful so, John. So, but Please I, I go, point Stressful this out. John. So, um, Freedom Rachel's here. <laughs> stressful yeah, John's to the right of me. <laughs> Mine uh, actually started flashing at me. Um, <laughs> but here's, how, here's the first indicator. Okay. So... Um, I've had a struggle over the last few years with my daughter. She was five and six, and now she's seven. Um, her tiny little body identified me as not a threat. I don't yell in my house. I don't hit my kids or anything like that. But as a, that guy's got a lot of turmoil in his chest. I've done a lot of hard counseling over the last few years. And for the last six months, my, I'm like a jungle gym. My daughter won't get off of me. She wants to hug all the time. She wants to piggyback yeah. rides all the time. And it has been transformative in my house. Mm. And in the past couple of weeks, the old, no dad, and she'll run away. And I'll say, can I have a hug? And she'll just duck and move and run out the other room. And even the other morning, I'm just going to be honest, I was just crying on the way to work. I was like, my own daughter won't hug me. Mm. Then I took this quiz and I have red for mind mindfulness, yellow for choosing reality, yellow for connection, yellow for choosing freedom. And if I'm honest and I really dig in, it's right. Mm -hmm. I'm in a wild season at work yep. and I tend to isolate myself and there's frustrations. Anytime you launch something big like a book, yep, yep. there's frustrations and I have to wait on another department to do a thing. So I don't have the freedom to, yep. and I'm looking at this and I thought, huh, my daughter, she's feeling it. She felt it. Not wild. And that's what I'm bringing into the house. And so I need to lean into these areas yep. so that my body can not all the stress is going to go away, but my body knows, okay, you're back in the driver's seat of your own life. Yes. Even well, though things are still chaotic. You're driving. That's right. I could turn the alarms off now. That's right. That's right. And it's just the awareness of it. And that's the thing is I'm like, yeah, you think maybe you're aware on things, but you're not. Hmm. So go to RamseySolutions.com slash anxiety test. See how anxious you are. Are you more freedom, Rachel-esque? Or I stressful? Think, I think you need some <laughs> connection and some mindfulness. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Judgment here. This is The Ramsey Show. 
Use other real grown men as imaginary action figures to play imaginary games. Do you do fantasy football no. at all? <laughs> no. You know what I do? Is a drum roll, please. I go outside <laughs> and I just like go fishing or play with my kids or like talk to my wife. Like <laughs> You can do all of that and play fantasy football. But just you think, know that, right? Think of the, the people probably say that about like guitars, and they're like, "John, yeah, okay, fine, but go outside." Think about think <laughs> about fantasy football. I don't really even understand it. You know, why? Winston really doesn't do it because it's not real. <laughs> it's a fantasy where other grown men are sitting on their couches pretending they're other grown men. Look <laughs> at the points I got. I'm I'm coach of <laughs> like, really. It's like Zelda except with real guys. Golly, I don't understand it. Not even a little bit. Tell us how you feel about fantasy football. Start a softball league and go play. Go do something. Go jogging. It is is so interesting that this is, well, we're getting off topic, but with sports, here's my thing. I enjoy sports, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up in the South, college football. Oh, of course, me too. I'm from Texas. I I love them. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the fall, like all of this. But I now draw the line. If your attitude or your emotions change because of a win or a loss of a game significantly, Oh, mine do. I'm done. Oh, mine do. I have to you're, be careful. No. Yeah. Your days were... Yeah, how know, are you listen, mad at fantasy football people? Listen, it's embarrassing. I'm ashamed of it. How, but, how but do I, you... Well, I, then people, I, I, I would. That's what I would yell. You yell at fantasy football people. No, I would here, yell at Here's that. the thing that I really so yell at. so frustrating. I'm like, an 18-year-old ruins your day. That, that's the real thing I get frustrated with is when I go... Because you are pretending when I, that <laughs> your happiness is from this other person. When I go to a sporting event, a college sporting event, an adult are wearing jerseys with the name of children on the back of them, <laughs> teenagers, and they're screaming at teenagers from the field. I know. And they're 19. But that's what we do at our house. I we know. scream at the TV. Do you have, does Winston have shirts of college men on his, no, on his jersey? He no, he doesn't. Okay, good. Actually, to be as like into sports as Winston was, he's not like, like we don't have like ESPN. Like I have friends, you know, and they have ESPN no. all the time and stuff. Like he's not yeah, a big like sports watcher. Yeah, it's more just the environment. But, but I yeah, we I know people and like their whole mood will change because their team loses. Now, so, if you had money so, on the game, which I don't support, but like I get that, yeah. like that sucks. But a bunch of teenagers know. didn't come through for me this weekend. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. I know. I know. All right, and then our quote. Thank you, Proverbs, for taking us on that. Uh, good enough never is. Debbie Fields. Way to go, Debbie. Right. <laughs> it's great. All right. Uh, going to the phones to close out the show today is Caroline in Manchester. Hey, Caroline, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? So my grandpa has offered to help me a little bit by paying for things like gas and groceries. So I accepted his help for a little while, but then I started to feel very guilty because I wasn't actually supporting myself hundred percent. So my question is, cause now I'm rethinking that decision once he was insulted by my not using his money because he's just trying to be uh, generous. So I'm rethinking that decision. So I'm just wondering, what do you think about mm. accepting this kind of small support from a family member? Okay. Uh, how old are you, Caroline? I'm 20. You're 20 years old. Okay. And what's your mm-hmm. current, you know, living situation? Are you in school? Are you living on your own? Yep. I'm in, um, I was in school for two years and I'm just taking a gap year. Okay. This year. 
Okay, great. And yep. are you renting um, a place? Do you have a house? I'm actually living with my employers. Um, they're pastors, and they've offered me a room in their house. Okay. So it's free. And, and where mm-hmm. do you work? Um, at the church. At the church, okay. Are they paying you? Yep. They are paying me. Yep. Are they paying you a livable wage? It's 18 an hour, 40 hours a week. Okay. Yep. So with free rent and with um, an 18 dollar an hour job 40 hours a week you're not able to make your bills well i am so that's my question is is it wrong if i accept his help knowing that i could just support myself financially well i think it i think it changes from he's not giving you help he's just blessing you with money every month if you tell him i need your help with tuition or i need help with my housing because i'm in college that's one thing if you're granddad just likes sending you checks because he loves you that's another thing but if you're telling him a third thing is hey grandpa i need your help i need your help i need your help and he's worried about you well now we're getting into some dishonesty so i don't think he's sending you money for help as much as he likes blessing his granddaughter with some cash and you're um you're making do with your the situation you've chosen right now so i, I mean i don't where does your where does your guilt come from I think it's just because um, I feel like I could just support myself financially. So yeah. the fact that I'm accepting outside help just makes me feel like I'm, I am lying. Yeah. And did he get offended when you said you don't need the money he anymore? Did. He did. Okay. So that's weird yes. to me. Well, and that's, that makes mm-hmm. me think it's not, he's not trying to I mean, if you feel guilty about this, do what's best by you. Um, I think there's you're feeling guilty about something that your granddad may not intend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because what you could do, Caroline, on one end of the spectrum, I mean, really, like what John's saying, it's like, you know, if you have a granddad that just has a lot of money. And yeah, he's put like, an account just, and save for a house, right? That's right. That's what I was going to say. It's just say, you know, hey, Grandpa, like where I am financially, I'm okay. Uh, he, he's not like concerned about your living situation and he's wanting to, you know, tell you, Carolyn, you need to go do something else. And here's the money. You need to put yourself in a better situation at all. He's not concerned or with, for you, is he? No, he okay. just wants to help me. Okay. Yeah, okay. Put money in the account. account. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would just say to mm-hmm. tell him, hey, grandpa, I, you know, this is, this is what I'm doing right now. And yeah. I feel, and I want to practice the diligence of knowing that I can stand on my own two feet and this is feeling good for me. I'm 20 years old and I want to just know I can do it. But I really appreciate your generosity. And so what I want to do is take your money. I'm going to put it in an account and I'm not going to touch it except for major purchases. So when I need to replace my car uh, for a down payment, maybe on a future home, maybe it's that, you know, your your living situation in six months, Caroline, you may say, gosh, I would love to move out and have my own place. And maybe you can take some of that to help with a little bit of rent at the beginning till you can cash flow it. Do you know what I mean? Like give you can give it a purpose without feeling like mm-hmm. you're lying and that you're very honest with him and open with him that that's what you're mm-hmm. going to do is you're going to let it be in an, account, in an account and you'll use it for major purchases later in life because that is a gift and that's wonderful. But if he's all weird about that, that's what's kind of well, strange to me. I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I can't, but I can put myself in a dad's shoes. 
If my daughter told me, hey, Dad, I just turned 18, I'm dropping out of college for a year, or 20, I'm dropping out of college for a year, and I'm going to live in a room in this couple's house. That mm-hmm. sounds incredibly temporary to me. Mm-hmm. And if you told mm-hmm. me, no, Dad, I'm making all my bills, I would think for this weird second that you've created, this little pocket out of reality, you're right, you're making your bills, but reality's coming soon. Rent and electric and water bills are coming soon. Food bills are coming soon. And so... I can imagine he's concerned about what happens when this thing ends. And this does end sooner than you think it does. Whether they Mm -hmm. have a kid, whether they start getting weird, whether they just want their space back or whatever. So I do think it's very, very wise to begin planning Mm -hmm. very intentionally for where you're going to live after this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I I don't have any problem. And you can do what Rachel said. I wouldn't even bother telling him unless he asks. And he says, what are you doing with all that money I'm sending you? I'm saving up to get my own place. He'll probably smile from ear to ear and then back again. Um, But you can sit down and tell him, here's what I'm going to do with this money from this point forward. But I think you need to start planning for a new living arrangement ASAP. That's a great, great idea. Thanks, Caroline, for the call. Thanks to all the guys in the booth for a wonderful show. Thank you, John, for another great hour. And thank you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.